0: On this episode of the Byron Lazine podcast, I get the pleasure to sit down with Mark Davidson, the co-founder of Thousand Watt. He looks at the world very differently than maybe you do when it comes to brand. He's going to blow your mind at the end of this podcast when he talks about what a personal brand is. We talk about his days at Inman, how that company was built, and what the next media company in real estate looks like. Also, how he got into this business is so ironic. I know you're gonna love this pod. Yeah, so I mean, it's really fascinating how you got into real estate because nobody, I don't think anybody has done it quite like you have. Going from, and I want you to tell that story before we get okay, into sure, to all yeah. the stuff you work on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And so, going from an artist, working on artists' careers in music, I just have never heard anybody, so tell everybody kind of your story of how you got into real estate, because I've never heard anybody take this particular journey.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I was out of New York City, was in a band, performing at all the popular clubs, got signed, put out a single, and I found that um, touring made me really uncomfortable being on stage. Uh, all of it. like The travel, too? The travel was really hard for me. Uh, I'm a homebody. I was dating a girl that I was in love with. And and this was before Facebook and text messaging. And this is when you're dropping quarters into a phone booth, you know, (laughs) four quarters for every one minute. And and the single was on a cassette thing? And, uh, well, the single was radio. We were on the radio. It was just radio. Yeah, we're on the radio. So we're touring and, you know, we're opening for bigger bands or we're the headline act. And, like, we're coming up. We're another, you know, hip New York City post-punk new wave band. And um, I didn't like it. I loved recording and I loved writing the music, which is what I did. I wrote the music. Um, but I didn't like the touring. I didn't like being on stage. I didn't like after you play a song, everybody applauds. It just felt weird to me. Like, I, I don't know why that is, actually. I never really quite analyzed my own uh, response to that. But You might I, have
0: been the only one in the room that was confused about oh, the applause. Oh, without a doubt.
1: Yeah, like the band was, they were like, loved it. Um, I just didn't I'd rather be in the audience. Um, I was more of a fan of music or I really wanted to be behind the scenes. My dad was in show business managing talent. So I quit, quit the group, um, and married the girl that I was dating and I'm still with her. So like, it's been a long, long, great life with her 40 plus years. And, um, I got into artist management. I followed my father's footsteps. And when I sold the company, um, in 98, I moved to California. I was out of New York City. And I was bored, um, but I was also intrigued by a home inspection that I had on this house that I was going to buy. This is and
0: wild. Because yeah. I just think I, Dude, it's a really- cool hip band guy would think of real estate as just like, so maybe below their creative no, juices. No, no, That's the thing. Not not in a bad way. Just like, yeah. it's not going to incite me to do my best I work, hear you. so I'm not going to No, it. I
1: hear you. And- I was asked that early on. But the thing is, it's not. And this is the greatest thing about real estate. So I, I get this home inspection, and I had no idea what a home inspection was. <laughs> but I was fascinated by it. And I was even more fascinated that, because I didn't buy the house based on the home inspection, the agent got very upset at the inspector for blowing the deal. And I'm Blowing like, the deal. Yeah, blowing the deal. Meanwhile, like, well, he's watching my back. Shouldn't you You be? saw it as a saving my
0: exactly. ass and- They saw it the other way.
1: So I, exactly. So that exact thought was like, well, this guy saved my ass. How many other people in America find themselves victim to a home inspection report that is unsavory but an agent who says, buy the house anyway? I had no idea. Um, I probably had the same perception that a lot of people have about realtors back in the day, kind of like lower end of the customer service ethical you know, totem pole. Uh, And, you know, we've all read the data. We see how that pulls out. Um, But my mother sold real estate and I had an affinity for realtors. It was just this one guy. But I liked what happened with this home inspection. So I decided to sign him as talent because that's what I do. I would go (laughs) to clubs and find bands and groom them and get them signed to major record deals. So I saw this home inspector who walked around with a screwdriver and a goofy hat and a flashlight. But like the way he delivered his home inspection report, um, I was like cap- captivated by it. Wow. So I signed him with the idea that I am going to get him to write about defects in a home, like a QA, and I'm going to sell that as content to newspapers. Hmm. Um, I had no idea how, quote-unquote, impossible that should be, but I think this is a great lesson in life. Like if you're coming into something, this is why so many realtors who come into real estate and do it for a year or two, like end up doing really, really well because they don't know the rules. So like yeah. sky's the limit. They're not bound by what you can and can't do. That's you right. just do what you do. So I called every editor in the, in America and I knew how to sell uh, art. I view this as art. His question, his answer, I mean, I edited everything. That's the skill I have. Um, and um, I ended up, over the course of a year, just doing this from my deck overlooking the ocean in California, uh, 400 newspapers and 1,000 websites were paying for this guy's
0: wow. weekly article. And this article. is just a home inspector. A home
1: inspector writing a, a QA and a He was called Inspectors in the House. Um, which he is, probably
0: couldn't believe it.
1: Um, I didn't know whether to believe it or not. To me, it just seemed like no. Yeah. I mean, the,
0: the inspector—he probably was like, no, what was is away. going
1: on? He was blown away. But turned out, he went to UCLA and studied journalism, so the guy knew how to write.
0: Oh, oh, you found a—you—you gen- you did uh, identify talent. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. like, I
1: always had an eye for talent. Um, and I, you know, I early on, I worked at Young and Rubicam, so like, I have a background in advertising and branding, and that's what I did in my agency. Like, I had a my business partner was the lawyer. And I was the guy doing all of the branding and the marketing and coming up with, I was really following my dad's footsteps because he was doing that for his clients. So one day I get a phone call from Brad Inman. It's like 1999. Hmm. He's like, who are you? Because we're a syndicate. We sell content, but you're like everywhere. And we're trying to be everywhere. Nationally. I was where he wanted to get. He had a stable of like 13, 14 writers, Whatever. So like I'm like I flew to San Francisco. I met with them, mm-hmm. and I said, "Yeah, I, yeah, I'll just add you to my thing, and I'll just sell your stuff with my stuff." And again, I'm just doing this from th- my balcony in my spare time, and that introduced me to a level of real estate that most people don't know because they don't bother to look. But this went beyond realtor or like your realtor, or your experience with your one realtor that may or may not be good. I got to sit at the desk of Inman and talk to brokerages and franchises and tech vendors and all these, because back then in 1999, 2000, if any of your listeners were around back then, licensing content from Inman and putting their content on your website gave your website content, and content was how you made, gave yeah. your site some juice, So I was doing the marketing around it and the branding around it and helping build them. And I got to meet a lot of people. And to your point, as exciting as the music business might seem, I found real estate more fascinating because it's, you know, to help a group make a record and tour and you bring some joy to people's lives, but to help somebody buy a home and put them in this house where they raise their kids and their family or whatever they want to do, like that's even bigger and better. It was a, a greater uh, benefit to the world. You know, you talk about a better world. Mm-hmm. There's a better world if you can own your house. Well,
0: yeah, and it's clear just on the financial numbers, homeowners versus renters on how much more wealthy they are I mean oh my god you can get more people to own a house they're just going to be better off for generations
1: you can't say that about well if I buy the latest single from Def Leppard that's not going to help me
0: or or if I get this car payment geez my kids are going to be really well off yeah exactly you know so
1: but like a house so um so hanging around Inman I started also noticing that there was something lacking From the real estate, it was a few things lacking from the real estate vocabulary. The first thing was, believe it or not, because it's now 2022, but back in 2000, nobody in real estate was talking about the consumer. It was all leads, lead generation. um, But there was no real empathy around the consumer experience, nor was there an understanding of like how the consumer actually perceives real estate Mm. as an entity, as an industry or even as a brand. While the term brands and branding was used in real estate, I'm looking at it from like a, a completely different sort of set of eyes, which is how I was mentored around brand building back when I was doing it in the 80s and 90s, which is, um, it's built on, whereas in the real estate world, branding is name recognition, you know, like 1000 Century 21 for sale signs on lawns in a marketplace, Real estate viewed that as the brand and branding. And I'm like, that's just signage. Um, it's not, if I asked somebody what does century 21 mean, they wouldn't know how to answer that. And when I started asking people at these brands, well, what does your brand mean? They couldn't answer it either. They're like, well, we're a real estate company with a lot of realtors. We have market share. That's impressive, but that's not brand. Brand is something else. And, um, So I began to think about, could this industry uh, benefit from actually, would the industry want to delve deeper into like actually building something that they talk about they already have, but not really? this is while you're at Inman? I I was thinking about this while I was at Inman. So while I'm at Inman, I would get phone calls from whoever in real estate wanting to talk to somebody at Inman. I always ended up being, people thought I owned Inman. I became very, um, front of the, in front of, cause I would go to their conferences and I'd talk to everybody. Oh, you're Mark from Inman. Um, but I didn't even work. I was an outside, I was a freelance. Okay. I was the agency. Um, so I began to give advice to people like, you know what? Content, well, is good for your website. Sure. You should get that, but it's not going to help your brand. Yeah. If you, like your website doesn't say anything. When I land on your website, it says search for homes.
0: There's no statement. It's not, you're not saying anything. And still, that's still the case today for most. like in the comments right now. Is that what your website looks like? I mean, that that's what a lot of agents website looks like Like
1: 99%. You go to, if your listeners go to your own website, is there a headline that actually says something other than search for homes or hi, I'm Mark Davison. I want to be your realtor. Hmm. Um, and I found that to be really like fascinating that there's so much to say and so much to offer and no one's saying anything, but yet they're all saying the same thing everybody else is saying. So when the Remax website and the Call of Bank website and essentially all say the same thing, search for homes, you're all the same. It becomes commoditized. Exactly. And there's no branding in that. There's like, how do you brand one penny from another penny? It's just a commodity. So, you know. I started giving free advice and I started to then go beyond the advice and I would like maybe wireframe, create a schematic mm-hmm. for somebody's website and I'd write copy and after talking to them, um, I would just for free. And I began to think maybe I, I should actually do this and build an agency. Um, and I was very fortunate. This was my most fortunate thing the guy that I was working in tandem with at Inman was a guy named Brian Boero who became sort of my creative counterpart. He and I look different and at times likely sound different because we're different people, but we shared a creative connection that we would bounce things off each other and greater stuff would come out of it um, as a result. So, um, I started to push the idea of him and I starting something. And that was the genesis of Thousand Watt. We were born in 2007 during that terrible time in real estate, selling something that nobody quite understands. In fact, branding is still not a line item in anybody's P&L.
0: Selling something that nobody could afford in 2007.
1: Uh, uh, Yeah, nobody could afford. Nobody understands. And yet there were a few people who at least like I guess early on, because I had made such a name for myself as the... I was, I ended up getting invited to speak at lots of conferences because of Inman. Because Brad had gone off and he was, he was doing home gain. And so there was no one in Inman other than me that was really on the phone with everybody. Um, I'm not an email person. That's not my natural inclination. It's still to jump on a phone and, and, and converse. So I think people... Uh, hired us early on because I'd helped them for free in the past and believed in in what I could do further as a service. And that's been, that was 15 years ago. So, you know, here we are in 2022.
0: Um, Before we go too deep into the brand conversation, because I think you have a take that is going to blow it's a lot popular. of people's minds. It's not popular. Yeah, maybe it's, maybe not. Maybe not, but maybe it's not popular just because I think everybody's heard this take a totally cl- complete way around brand. Yeah. But before we go down that rabbit hole, I do want to talk a little bit about Inman because y- Wait, before you were there. we do that, can I just yeah.
1: compliment you on your jacket? You like this?
0: I really do like it. I appreciate that. It, you know what it reminds me of? These are my bomber jackets are my go-to. It's just- it
1: reminds me of the very early first, if you look at the Beatles, meet the Beatles. Really? They had that collarless jacket. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's a you're. I feel like I'm talking to Ringo or Paul or John. <laughs>
0: hey. It levels me up. Yeah, okay, yeah I, cool. I have like ten bomber jackets. <laughs> it's just like what I wear. Building Inman, they used to do the the content on websites for mm-hmm. for brokerages, and then, I mean, were you there during, when they completely switched over to like what they are now? And and what's that that whole journey of from that to In, what they are now?
1: Inman is. What they are now is what they always were okay they are a media company they are um, a con they create a lot of content um, and so that that's they were that back then they had writers they had editors they were covering uh, stories like back then the main story in real estate was tech innovation I mean there was so much tech coming into real estate mmm I mean, I still remember with great- Still today, too. Yeah, but like, now it's like you expect it. Yeah. But back in 1999, 2000, when I went to the first Inman News, there was like, it was filled with people from Silicon Valley who looked at real estate as a a great opportunity to uh, innovate within and interlope within and disintermediate within- And there was a lot of friction around all these outside geniuses who were building things in their, you know, one bedroom studio apartment in, in, in Stanford. I mean, that's like where, you know, Sami and Pete from Trulia came out of like all, all, all the the great early innovation came out of either Seattle or, or the Bay area. Um, and um, so it was exciting. Like you go to Inman and there were some brokers, but it was mostly like tech. And uh, it was journalists from newspapers covering Inman. There was VC there. There was a different, it a different audience, but Inman was still Inman covering topical information um, as a news source. So every day they had stories that came out and they're still that today, but they've grown into, uh, you know, they've grown that into a community. And they've harnessed that community into event. I mean, they always did events, but the events were small in scale compared to today. So women is a force in nature. Um, and um, I'd say that like Inman has a beat. They have their beat. Um, in the same way that like Rolling Stone has a certain beat in the music business, but it's not the only beat that exists. It's way more other things that Inman is not focused on. Um and I think Iman is also transformed their audience from, like, you know, the um, the Uber tech innovator audience to, like, they're an agent team and tech. But, like, they really play to the agent team audience, a lot of agents. Remember when Emin was, like, they didn't invite agents to, to connect. Mm-hmm. Now they had. Then they went to Agent Connect, which took place at a separate building. And now Connect is agents. It is. You know, in minute went where the puck went. You know, they followed that particular puck. Um, but there's other pucks being shot in other places in real estate, and I think that it's there's great opportunity for you know other op- for other concepts and other media ideas to find to find an audience and find his own
0: to grow the attention to the level that it is today. What was the best like tactical move? Was it getting into all the MLSs or was it something else? And who made those tactical moves Mm. at the time? Was it Brad himself or was it somebody else in the company that was, was operating?
1: Great question. I think Brad's a genius. I think Brad has multiple geniuses and, um, so all the early great smart moves were Bratz. Um, he was a journalist for I think, the Washington Post or the Wall, Maybe the Washington Post. I'm not. I don't remember. But he was a well-known journalist covering real estate. So the guy had cachet. And, you know, building a media company in real estate, you end up making a lot of connections. I mean, I learned that, you know, sort of taking over for him. Hmm. I didn't. I'm trying to think of a good analogy. He's the Steve Jobs of all of it. Uh, I'm not going to say he's just, I'm not the Steve, the Tim Cook. I'm just the guy that came in to replace Brad who would be out there like building momentum and building awareness. But I think a lot of the the smart strategic moves was made by Brian, my business partner, and Chris Inman, who was there when Brad went. But I really would, would give a lot of credit to my business partner. Who was really running. He was the. He became the president and was running, um, and it was like selling content. I mean, mm-hmm. we sold content to E Trade, to Ameritrade. We sold content to Yahoo, uh, to Microsoft. Like, but to brokers and franchises and agents, like everybody was buying a feed that would just populate on your website through some little bit of code. And so, by the time like I left, Inman was very popular among a percentage, a very very small but important percentage of real estate people. The average agent selling homes in a small suburb in Kansas City had no idea who Emin is and might still have no idea who Inman is. But Inman was, there's a, another echelon of real estate. It's the people that have come here to the Tom Ferry event. They're kind of plugged in to a bigger awareness. They want to know what's happening in national real estate. They're, they're blogging, they're tweeting, they're, they're like... Early adopters or mid level adopters. And um, so, like, that carried him in his momentum. And, you know, Brad's charisma. He would put this connect together. And it was a, a three day amazing event that you would go to for whatever reason. You wanted to get out of your town and go to San Francisco for three days and enjoy winter in the summer. Or you wanted to meet up with people that you were starting to connect with online through social media, you know, or you wanted to see Charlie Rose on stage or Mark Andreessen. These are people I booked. So like I was booking talent, like big time names for connect. So I had a hand in it, I guess for sure. Like, um, all humility aside, I know I had played a role in like helping build him in to be bigger than life, but it was a combination of a lot of people. Yeah.
0: Very, very. And form, the
1: community, like the agents and the brokers and all the people who are part of it. it's. They were all part of what made Eminem.
0: Yeah. What's the future look like?
1: It's funny. That was a conversation backstage yesterday because Tom asked that. I didn't hear the answer I wanted to hear. So, okay, let's... So what does the future look like? Are we talking about what future? The future
0: of what? Well, it's the future of just that particular if we would even call okay. it a brand before we start the brand uh, okay, conversation. Okay.
1: Well, the future of media is, um, well, most likely, Yeah, let's
0: go with the general future of media and real estate. And
1: I'll, I'll can, I can also tap into like the future of realtors. Yeah. Who's your audience, by the way, realtors, Oh, realtors. Okay. Um, and, um, so the future of media is going to be, um, What it already is. We're already in the future. I think George Jetson was born this year. So, like, we really are in my future. You know, as a kid watching Star Trek, like, we are all using tricorders and uh, communicators. And George Jetson was born in this year. Media is media. Media is going to cover stuff. And the future is going to be dictated by whatever technology and platform enable media to get to its recipient as fast as possible. Yeah. So like it's the future of all of this is going to be dictated by um, how media is conveyed and delivered. Yeah. And how we want to customize that
0: delivery. And so if you were running BAM, like you used to run Inman, you'd be looking at delivering that message to how they're receiving it. Like you just said, whether that's TikTok or whether that's.
1: So your audience knows about BAM.
0: Of Uh, course. The audience is BAM. All right.
1: I, I I love what you're doing. Yeah, I think you're 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 going where the puck. You there's another puck. Immon's puck is fine, but your puck's going in a there's another puck, and you're chasing after that, chasing in a good way. Yeah. Um, you might even be the guy hitting the puck and sending it forward, and then skating up to it and hitting it again. Um, I think it's all about interesting content. Um, content itself is just a word, but it it really defines information and information needs to be the kind of information an audience at that particular time has interest in. I think you guys are on a cutting edge of interesting information that other media, like if you look at other media, I would, and, and I like everybody, but I think risk media, real trends, Inman, they're all chasing a certain type of story and they're delivering a certain type of story a certain way and information a certain way. It's not the only way. And um, and it's not the only kind of information. And so I think the future is going to be about understanding audience. And, um, you know, your audience may in fact not be the 65-year-old agent that, you know, was hip to Inman 20 years ago. Mm. Your audience is like a maybe a younger, hipper, They want some entertainment. They want content that maybe they can reuse that's going to make them look a certain way that agents didn't have a mindset around, you know, 5, 10, 15 years ago. So I think the future of anything is dictated by audience, by delivery methods, technology, and how you package stuff.
0: Yeah, and it's still information though. Having Having the information that people want to repackage or use in the way they want to use it.
1: I mean, think about like, uh, you know, and whether you're in New Mexico or you're in South America or you're in Egypt, there's hieroglyphs. That's information. That's content. That was, the platform was a rock. Yeah. <laughs> or a cave.
0: <laughs> platform was a rock. But like,
1: you know, talk about Hard like, to get an audience on a rock. <laughs> but I mean, what's amazing is, what's fascinating is, whereas here we are in modern times, you post a tweet, it probably has a 20-minute lifespan. Yeah. Meanwhile, these cats- you know, 10,000 years ago, we're posting content that's still around today. That's true. You know, that's talk true. about long tail.
0: Um, L- looking at the long vision. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, like, I mean, it's going to be about that. Like, should content evaporate right away? Mm. Um, a lot of content does evaporate right away. Yeah. How many times do you post something and then go look for it, and you can't find it? Right. On your own, you know, like... On your own platform. On your own feed, because, like, the feed decide what to do with it without your permission. So... Um, I mean, that
0: that's the most consumable content right now is the stuff that does have a very short shelf life, whether you're talking about, you know, vertical video on TikTok or Instagram or even Facebook reels right now. And you know, obviously a tweet has been that way for a long time.
1: But I, I do wonder, it's a good thing. You mentioned that short shelf life sort of, um, a a modern reality. But like, if you think about it, content should be evergreen. Hmm. Like if you're producing lots of content, um, It should have a longer lifespan. So I think the future of all of this too is like really knowing, and I'm not saying this might be a good segue to brand, but it's just a good segue to like how I think maybe a little bit differently is whereas real estate agents are told to just produce content and push content, I think – bad is you really need to think about what you're producing and where is the best place for it to be pushed absolutely and not pushed yeah because sometimes you're creating content in and you're putting it on the wrong thing yeah it should be on a on something else
0: like i don't know you're creating don't put a tiktok video on linkedin you that's my point
1: that's my point or don't put a five reasons why you should move to my city on Instagram. Yeah. Like that, that belongs on Google. That belongs on YouTube. Yeah. That should be around for a while.
0: Yeah. That that should be in your blog or targeting the newsletter of the folks who are out of state, who have shown interest through some other, you know, however you got their information. So in my mind, part of like what's been sort of a blessing, but mostly
1: a curse for me is always that kind of like, Okay, so everybody's going this way, but what if we all went that way? You yeah. know, what would that the, that world be like? But like, so I'm thinking about this just now, but imagine a, a time in the future where when you post something, you're posting it into a dashboard that reads it and says, "Okay, I understand what that post is. That post belongs on YouTube." So you don't have to think about it. Oh, you just make the content. And you just make to the, the right content. Platform. And based upon the content, your dashboard analyzes the content and decides, "Okay, this
0: belongs here, or or maybe it'll it'll play well on Instagram Reels and TikTok, but not any of the other platforms, right? Like it'll it may, know it that. Might aggregate two of them,
1: or it'll see that you know what it's playing. So you made this long form video, and it's playing really well on YouTube. I'm your dashboard. I'm going to take a snippet of that, cut it, edit it, and put a six second version of it on TikTok. Yeah, like we have to now all manually do that. So, okay, I'm thinking, you know, in the future, because you asked me, like, what's a few, maybe the future is AI kind of tech
0: that can. Um, Are you texting the editing team right now and yeah, letting them know they're all-, we're all out of
1: a job? <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, Everybody's- no, nobody's ever going to be out of a job because, like,
0: I lo- somebody's got to create AI, he somebody's got to make robots. We have the best clips team in real estate. The- I mean, we just pump out clips faster than anybody. I was in Tom's office and we, he was on uh, one of our shows and I was on one of his shows and you know, Courtney, his social media manager. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom Ferris. Yeah. And so about an hour after we leave his studio, we're still hanging out in the office. He's
1: a video guy.
0: Uh, who's that? Is that Courtney? The no, no vi- Courtney. She's the, the manager of all his social media handles, right? Okay.
1: I, I'm sure I know her, Yeah, but I was thinking of he's got a video, the video guy. production
0: guy. Yeah. 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 So uh, no. So about an hour later, we already have one of the clips up from our show because it was a, a new show. So anyways, she's like, what the heck? I'm like, that's what we do at BAM. We oh produce God. clips faster than anybody. The one snippet that you're talking about that AI could maybe accomplish someday.
1: Either an AI can do it or, you know, like, you know, do you guys use TripIt? No. TripIt's the greatest app. Um, well, There's two great note apps. It, note it. Dminder and TripIt. But TripIt, when you book an airline and you get the email confirmation, you just forward it to TripIt and and TripIt takes all the information and pulls out only the most important shit that you need. Oh, can I say that? on your Yeah, mind? you're, you're okay. fine. I, I normally don't curse that much, but like it just came out. Um, so when you go to TripIt, when you like the day you're traveling, you just open your TripIt app. It has the day and it has your airline and the flight, what time you need to board has the hotel.
0: Like you just book your... Oh, from the whole trip, whether it's car, hotel. They and, just you know, forward just forward your email confirmation. So you rent a
1: car. It's all... It's so all if you all, have
0: if you had the car, the hotel, and the, the plane, all three emails get forwarded into this one place and it exactly. just puts it all together. Yeah, that's what it looks like. That's smushed, my readout. It, it smushes it together for
1: Now you. in the beginning, I think they were manually doing that, but then they built an AI and it's just... Because who remembers? I booked my travel two, three months in advance and then I forget about it.
0: Yeah. So like... It, it's you guys like, are at the same hotel, Bobby you, might, oh, no, you okay. might bump into mark
1: you know oh you're at the residence in yeah. isn't that elevator super slow
0: oh i when i went to go check right. in i went to go check in i couldn't believe it i didn't i actually started doing circles in the lobby because i'm like it, yeah it has to be broken you it just wait and wait and wait and wait and wait like five minutes it's 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 <laughs> I unbelievable know. so I, maybe when, that's part of the problem with like tiktok we want this instant <laughs> hit right i'm just like, but it was really long
1: i uh Not to digress, but, like, I was on the 13th floor and I needed to get to the conference today. And I'm waiting maybe five, six, seven minutes. I know. It's unbelievable. I went down. I just took the stairs. Yeah. Which is good. It's healthy anyway. But, like, so, like, maybe that is the future where, like, because the future is all about not having to think. But in replacement of thinking, we need to create. We're all being turned into creators. And we're, like, um, Jason Uh, Pantana today was talking about Jasper.
0: Shout out to Jason.
1: Yeah, shout out to Jason. One of his things is like, you can put a post or a headline into Jasper and Jasper will turn it into a post. Mm we will write more content around it. That's kind of scary because if I'm an agent in Sacramento and you're an agent in Sacramento and we take the same bit of data, it's going to create the same post. So like you and I. Essentially. But like the bottom line is, It's taking the thinking out of it and it's turning us into
0: creators. So we're all becoming content creators. So maybe this is part of the future of media. Do you feel overwhelmed and too busy building your real estate business right now to do things you know you should be doing like posting on social media, doing clips like we're doing on Broke Agent Media, these short little reels and TikToks every single day to keep up with the content machine that you need to be keeping up with. Or maybe it's the transactions that are wasting all your time so you're not actually lead generating and doing the income producing activities that you know are gonna help you make the most amount of money and the investments that you want into your future. This is why I have used virtual assistants and use them today with VirtuDesk to help scale both of my companies. See, I wouldn't be able to make all of these clips and do all of these other things I'm doing without the help of somebody taking off these non-income producing activities that need to get done to be of great service to our clients. So at least have the conversation. Click the link, have the conversation with VirtuDesk. In fact, you can just start interviewing people without really any commitment at all so at least start interviewing seeing if there's somebody that is a fit for you your values your team that can add and take away all of the things that you're doing right now have the conversation today you will not regret it yeah i'm not in love with ai content from the jasper perspective You're certainly not like what we do at bam we still believe it we have great writers i am a hundred percent with you. yeah so I, i i don't now maybe for somebody who doesn't have a team of people in chop it up and they're focused on selling i I need to sell 50 homes this year because that's going to get me to the next step in my business yeah it might help them get the newsletter out on a timely basis so that they can keep in touch with their database and so there might be you know a use there i just think if you're creating content that's that's actually going to be useful to a lot of people that that's probably not
1: i agree i think if you're going to become a content creator then become a content creator yeah here's a good use of Jasper use it as a, as a crutch, as a tool, as a learning aid. Mm. So I would do this
0: might make you a better writer.
1: Yeah. So look at what Jasper creates and don't be lazy and just then, okay, I'm going to post that Yeah. because that's not in your voice. This is going to get into branding now because like you're a human being, you're, you're known by your audience for having a personality a tone, voice, you use certain words. Jasper doesn't know you. So if you turn your content, you create, and Jasper is your output, then you're just putting your, it's like auto-tune in music. They, all, all these auto-tune singers sound the same. It's, you sound like auto-tune. It's still important, take the extra moment. So use Jasper to learn, okay, here's a, how I can extrapolate a paragraph or two from a headline,
0: and then just rewrite it. Take five minutes.
1: It's not the end of the world, but like that's important.
0: Yeah, I would agree anyway. with that. You could look at it and then just like you do with a tweet, right? You see a great tweet and then you subtweet it and put your your context on I top. do
1: that. I will never retweet just to retweet. Yeah. I will always write. I'll add my um, – we were talking about this yesterday.
0: We did a little bit of that, yeah. Yeah,
1: because I think it's really important to just have an opinion. Yeah. Like what's your opinion about it? Mm-hmm. And um, you don't have to create it. You can be a great sharer.
0: Well, sometimes Mm -hmm. those retweets with the just maybe three words added in will get more attention, will get shared more times, retweeted more times in the original tweet itself. I mean, how many times do you see that a day? It happens all the time.
1: Dude, if you think about what a thought leader is, um, I've thought about that a lot over the years in real estate. That term gets bandied about. But like... There are some thought leaders that have original thought that can like read an article and extrapolate out of that article a whole strategy around it of their own. But then there's somebody who might read that and go, wow, that was a great breakdown. And then they share that and say, this is a great breakdown. <laughs> and you know what? If you're, if you're a voice of reason for people and you put your stamp of approval on that, you know, like movie reviewers
0: yeah. You know, like. I mean, they're just saying five star over yeah, 10 or whatever this is they're a saying. good movie. Is <laughs> why I like it. Like, they didn't write the <laughs> so, movie. That's the example. That
1: whole Cisco Ebert, like, I think one of them was a frustrated screenwriter that never got to write scripts, but, like, he can review and he was sharing. So, like, it's. I think the future is also not being so lazy and not relying so heavily on tech to do everything for you. Yeah. You still have to be the human being in it so that you're not replaced. <laughs> Right. You're not going to be replaced by tech. You're going to be replaced by somebody who does what you do better than you.
0: And most people would say, well, if you're if you're doing that, if you're just letting the tech do it, you have no chance and and here's the the buzzword that everybody is used to hearing. Yeah. You're going to have no chance of building a personal brand if tech is doing it for okay, you. So you're gonna and say- and and you're going to say you're going to say that um well, I'll let you say. I'm going to say. I am going to let you say it because I just believe that the majority of, certainly in a day and age where a lot of agents have heard, I'll use not Jason Pantana's name, but a bigger name, Gary Vaynerchuk, talk about personal brand being the most important thing that, whether it's a, you know, he's at a realtor conference. I know. know, Or any type of conference that you can invest your time and energy in. So why should or shouldn't, an agent invest their time, energy, and resources in building a personal brand?
1: I'm trying to think where I want to come at this. So I'll just, I'll I'll, I'll lay this statement down. I think the term personal brand is a spun-up fabrication that's gotten hyped up um, because it sounds good. 'Cause we all know what brand is. We all grew up with like the Mattel brand or the Nestle brand. Nintendo. Nintendo brand. Like the word brand and brands I I have not met anybody that isn't doesn't have affinity for some brand that defines them. You know, even if somebody goes, oh, I don't know, oh, I'm not into brands. Well well, do you golf? Yes. What kind of Oh, okay. So you you use Titleist. Well, then you're you're a brand aficionado. Like that's the brand you identify with. Yeah. So when you say to somebody, "Well, you can be a brand," like you, your person, that's like saying to somebody, "You're gorgeous. I love you. It makes you feel good." And Gary Vaynerchuk is a master at like saying stuff that makes people feel good. It's the best. One of the best. Yeah. N- you know what, I I don't see eye to eye on a well, lot I, of stuff with him. But
0: what you just said making people feel good. That's a talent that yeah. is exceptional in his wheelhouse. Oh my god. The empathy and all the you know charm he can yeah.
1: you know, and like his delivery, you know, like he's a New Yorker. I get it. I'm a New Yorker. Like we tend to connect with people the way we break stuff down and talk straight up. Um, we can't help ourselves and just say what we feel. And I think that that is a powerful thing when you're, especially on a large stage, because
0: like people can see your
1: humanity in that.
0: And know that you're not BSing. Like uh, I think p- that comes across really well.
1: It's I th- There's something in New York City, growing up in New York City, where you're one of a m- 10 million people and you're fighting for everything. So you mm-hmm. really got to stand your ground and stand up for yourself and represent. And, you know, a lot of great salespeople come out. I mean, he's a sales guy. Yeah. He sold wine. Um And he speaks from the cuff. It's not scripted. New Yorkers aren't scripted. Um, But getting back to this personal brand thing, it's a fabrication. There's really no such thing. Even the people that you look to and say, oh, well,
0: Kim Kardashian's a personal brand. No, she's not. That would be an example that I think everybody, 99%, would say she's a personal brand. She's a brand. She is a
1: brand. Um, And, well, what's the difference? Because the Kim Kardashian that you see is not who Kim Kardashian is. Mm. That's a manifestation. That is architected.
0: I was asked a question. I had to do my friends. He's got a big finance job in New York City and they want him to go through this personal development right now for maybe the next level. He's a leader, he's, he's become a partner and he's doing very oh, well, well. Congrats, him. Yeah, congrats. And so I had to, he needed friends, family, few, few people to have a conversation with this professional development group that he's going through this thing. And and one of the questions the the lady asked me on a, on a zoom was with, you know, growing up with Chris and your friendship and and all this stuff, you know, does he act, do you think he acts any differently in the workplace Mm -hmm. than he does outside of the workplace when you guys are on vacation or when, when you're seeing each other back in your hometown or, or whatever? Yeah. And I said, my answer to her was, Everybody acts differently at work than they do with a high school friend totally. than they do with their wife at dinner than they do with their husband taking a walk than they do with their mm-hmm. dog in the backyard. Everybody in the world yes. does that. And that was my answer to her.
1: Now you're entering my force field that if you're trying to build a personal brand, what, what, even Gary Vaynerchuk has probably offered this, but every I've heard lots of people in real estate talk about this. They always say, you know, create more content, push more content, be out there, be out there, build your personal brand. That's not building your brand. That's just being out there and creating marketing and creating business. So you're really building your business. They're conflating brand and business. Brand is part of a business, but in the way and the context by which it's being used, they're different. Um, if you're trying to build a personal brand, think about think about the investment, the capital, the infrastructure you need to actually manifest in a real world, a personal brand to where you as, a, as an individual have meaning well beyond the industry that you're in or the service you provide. So like Elizabeth Taylor, she's an actress. She's got a brand Elizabeth Taylor. it's perfume it's this and that. So like the essence of Elizabeth has been baked into a storyline that's become bigger than her. It's you wear this stuff you you smell like it's you smell like Hollywood. you smell like success. Um, it's there's Elizabeth Taylor who's been divorced many times dysfunctional many she's and
0: you're saying that's the personal person yeah the
1: personal person is a dysfunctional individual who can't believe she ever made it as an actress but the brand
0: is, which is the same name elizabeth taylor but it's something built around a completely different storyline yeah. because the person buying the perfume may not even know this other story about because i don't know the stories of divorce or whatever of the personal or she's life told of the personal it many person. times yeah and it, i'm sure probably many of the users of the products do yeah, yeah but somebody else that just knows that there is a brand elizabeth taylor like myself that you know i'm not into it or whatever doesn't know any of this other stuff.
1: No, they just know that the branding is tied to a different storyline. The branding is if you wear this perfume, you're going to be Elizabeth Taylor.
0: What's the Kim Kardashian brand? Cause that's, that's a very modern example. That's... Yeah. But
1: like, you know, if you're, if you were at Kim's home and she woke up in the morning, she'd probably come out of her bedroom wearing floppy slippers and a fuzzy bathrobe and maybe be in a bad mood. Um, and just be herself. Yeah the brand is it's a bigger than life fashion cosmetic
0: perfection. product
1: perfection she's buttoned up um but it's like so we can argue the semantic over over whether it's a personal brand or a brand brand
0: um and what you're saying is just take the word personal out of it. Take the word
1: personal off and, and i'll tell you why because if you're trying to build the personal brand And this is the science of branding. The reason why there are powerful brands in the world is because the brands radiate. They radiate. I call it pheromones. They, so maybe you know what that means. Who's listening. And if not, they just, they radiate chemicals that we, that certain people pick up and um, they resonate with. So like, why do you wear bomber jackets? Maybe you wear a certain brand of bomber jacket. Why do you wear that? Because you see yourself in that product. And, that pro- and it's not by accident. The makers of that know you. They've dissected you. They know their customer. They've done persona work. They've done customer journey work. It, any brand, Tesla, knows its customer. Nike oh, knows one of
0: those.
1: <laughs> Nike knows it's two for two. Okay, but like, no, I'm just naming big brands. Yeah. But you know, Apple. We all walk around with these thousand dollar phones that we could do the same exact thing on a two hundred dollar phone. But no, we couldn't. We can't get rid of those green bubbles on a on a two hundred. You don't get rid of this because this ident-
0: you identify. Oh yeah, with Apple. Yeah. By it's, using an Apple, you it, say something about yourself. It's been an interview question, of mine. Oh, really? So I go through my interview questions. Mm-hmm. We, you know, I have a big team of probably 65 like what technology people in Connecticut, and then we have the BAM team. So one of the last questions always used to be, and then I started doing it in the beginning because yeah. I was like, you know what, if you don't want to get the first one right, what's the point of answering the rest of them? And the question is blue bubbles or green bubbles?
1: Oh, wow. That's interesting, and people should know what that means immediately.
0: You should know what that means immediately, yeah. and if you say green bubbles, this probably just isn't the right no. fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah and we, it, people were like what the heck why would that even matter it it says something about to me and the way we operate just the way you're going to be the way you're going to use technology in the work environment the way you're going to see it the way you're going to certainly create content like if i had a content creator a video producer or a graphic designer right. in an interview, say green bubbles, it's an automatic, no, you can't even come back from that. I mean, maybe if you're like signing up to be in the, you know, Connecticut real estate team, to be a, yeah. a real estate agent, yeah, say yeah. green bubbles, like, all right, I see a lot of potential, go buy an iPhone and, and then you can come start back, on and Monday. And, and people have, I've had to, they've had to do that.
1: You know, this is fascinating because um, to afford this technology, you need to earn more.
0: And so like it, and so people could take that perspective and be like, well, that's just a really douchey thing to say. Man,
1: but you're like, you're trying to create a culture. Yeah. And a culture of like-minded brands are cultures. Like people who wear this or people who drive a certain car. Like, what is a car? A car is a chunk of metal with four rubber tires to take yeah. you from point A to point B. Why would anybody in the world throw down a hundred grand to buy a Range Rover that breaks down and cost a fortune every time it does just to get to point A and point B. Be- and the reason is because to them, that chunk of metal, they identify.
0: And a lot it. of people, I mean, they, they're a nice looking car. I'm not into cars, but a lot of people so, identify there. Uh,
1: you know, I, over the years, you know, I grew up in New York. So like, I didn't have a car, but when I moved to California, I was faced with that. I got to like, learn how to drive and get a car And so I didn't just get any car; I got a car that I identified with. It was it was a Land Rover, and I was like spent a fortune fixing that stupid thing. (laughs) But like I saw myself in a Land Rover, and you say that I see myself in that. What I'm trying to say is that's brand. Brands manufacture that. So if you call yourself a personal brand, what you're really taking on the challenge is trying to manifest something that other people can see themselves in and it's very hard for me to see myself in you when all of your marketing and branding is all about you Mm. that's where i struggle across my entire like spectrum of thinking
0: so i can't get past that as opposed to somebody saying i want to be them it should be I want to listen to them, which would be more of, I want to listen to that brand or I want to goes a little deeper. Okay. It's
1: that brand understands me. That brand perceives me. That brand is creating things that I identify with.
0: Like I always tell, and I want to be around it more. I want to be around it more because it makes me a better
1: version of me. Yeah. Like it really comes down to that. I, how many young people Who really can't afford it but go and lease a bmw Mm. or live in a
0: condo building that's a little bit above their means bobby grew up in long island so that's why he just was snickering over there with the bmw (laughs) BMW comment Uh, (laughs) well because like it's it's aspirational
1: (laughs) but like it's who they want to be yeah brands understand that if you're a personal brand if you're using the word brand that says that you understand that motivation that people have and you are manufacturing and you're communicating things. It means you understand your your customer and what motivates them and you're delivering information and things to them that they read and go, yeah, I know that they sell real estate, so does everybody else sell real estate, but they're radiating something I see myself within their world. And so like I'm not saying that you can't be a brand be called the Jim Beam brand or the Mark Davison brand. You could name it after you, although I think you're making your life harder. Uh, I think if you name it a word uh, and that word's more of an empty vessel that you can build, it just makes it easier to build. Because I, I can believe, it's why, it's why consumers bought into Zillow. Because it was easy to create a bridge between my need as a consumer and what you offer Zillow than Realtor.com, because for me to cross the bridge into whatever Realtor.com, I had to walk through Realtors, and people have a thing about Realtors. Hmm. They they had to first embrace the idea of a Realtor to love Realtor.com. So up front, it feels like I'm not included. It, yeah, it's about Realtors. Zillow was about me. It was an empty vessel. Hmm. So I always advise my clients, if you really have to name your, and we do a lot of brand naming. If you have to name your brand after your name, we'll do the best we can, building meaning around it. But it's so much easier to just create a word.
0: Basically, that's probably the best analogy for people to get it. Realtor.com versus Zillow. Zillow. Because it's the first
1: time I ever used that, by the way. It's
0: it's <laughs> probably the best analogy. Because I've heard this. T- I've heard you and Jason Bantana go yeah. back and forth on this topic. Just so I had a little bit of context before. You know, you just shared it with the audience. That's the best Example, well, thank you because you, you brought that out of me realtor.com is essentially a personal brand of realtors
1: I can't get past that as a consumer. I have to buy into realtors To then buy into what realtor.com is selling me and the whole time I'm thinking you know, you're just trying to sell me a realtor and most people Don't like realtors yeah, Which is crazy because they should. And they love their realtor, but they don't love realtors. <laughs> or or they just initially have the
0: nope, I'm all set Yeah, reaction. I'm
1: about me and you're about that. And like, this is, um, like I could have called my company Davison Agency or the Davison Boero Agency. But then that means that you have to like buy your way into me. And like now I run the risk of you liking me. Whereas if I'm thousand watts, you're like, oh, that's a cool-sounding word. What does that mean? Yeah. And like, I thought about it. I thought about the name. Like, what is? Th- what's the story about Thousand Watt? What is? Wh- what do I radiate through that name that will people will pick up on and will resonate with? And it was, it's a, it's, it's the early start of building brand. So like, I'm saying, take the word. You, you said it. Take the word personal off. It's harder. It is 20,000 times harder to build a personal brand and then to manage that personal brand because then you have to manage your every move as a person. To emulate that. Uh, You got to live up to the ideal that you're setting as a brand. Mm. Just be a brand. Create this sort of like external asset called my brand
0: and manage that. And I used the name earlier, Gary Vaynerchuk. He'd probably agree with everything you just he said would agree with because it. it's what he's done Gary V
1: yeah V yeah V media or Vaynerchuk media well,
0: VaynerMedia but even yeah, Vayner his, media. even his handles for what he calls a personal brand goes under Gary V but he's Gary Vaynerchuk yeah he so created he, a persona brand
1: yeah yeah so like you know but if you think about Gary V as a you can say he's a personal brand but what is his brand like his brand It's convoluted. He's Gary Vaynerchuk. He's a celebrity. He's a famous person. And if there is a brand to Gary V, think about the monumental effort and money and hard work it took for him to build that. Like a realtor... A lot of hard work. Can't... uh, I I bet you, and I don't know your audience, but I think I might understand the weight that, that you guys might feel on your shoulders to just create so much content day in day out when you just really got into this business to sell real estate. And you want to do right by people. And you want to help people sell their home. And you want to help other people buy houses. And now you're saddled with this massive chore of creating content to build your personal brand. You didn't even get into this business to do that. And I struggle with the thought leaders that are pushing you to do the thing you're not even maybe wired to do or built to do. And they're, you're told that that's the only way you're going to succeed. Well, the truth is, no, it's not. There are other ways to succeed that would be a lot more comfortable to you. Um, and if you want to build a little, a brand around your business, trust me when I tell you this, because I'm also a businessman. A brand is 10 times more valuable than a personal
0: brand. It's more saleable.
1: Yeah. Cause if I buy Bill Smith realtor, I uh, need B-
0: Bill. What's that? I need Bill. If I'm gonna yeah. buy that. I need Bill. Like without Bill,
1: then what do I have? And that's the thing without Bill, what do I have? And if you can't answer, oh, I got great agents. I got market share. That's not brand. Everybody can say that. So like you got to build meaning. So just so I don't leave your audience hanging. What is that? How do I create that connectivity or how do I create that thing about me that other people see themselves in That's science? There's not a lot of, it's, it's some creativity, but it's really, it's a scientific method. And, um, it really requires you, A, to stop and think, who's your primary customer? Who is actually the bulk of my, is it buyers? Is it sellers? Is it people under a certain age, over a certain age? Is it a net worth customer? Is it Are the people who buy too fast? Like who, you need to figure out who your primary is and begin to create personas around that primary. So there's, you know, Susie the buyer. There's Bill the seller. Like, you have to create those things out of real people. But you create, like, what do they aspire to? What motivates them? What are their greatest fears? What is their journey? Like, if you stop and think about the journey of a consumer across the threshold of real estate from beginning to end, and you really understand what Susie goes through all the way through, you will... (laughs) What opens up for you is a world of messaging and content for Susie that feels a lot more personal. Because when when you publish that, Susie will say, oh my God, he reads my mind. No, you, you are reading. The, our brands that we love do read our minds. When mm. they put out new stuff, it's like, wow, I want that. Why do you want that? Because you've been wanting that.
0: Well, with the bomber jacket, I literally feel like bomber jacket tailors are making it for my body type specifically like they they just have my body type in mind right and so i i hate to do this to wrap but in the comments in 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 the comments right now if you want a part two because i know i want a part two conversation with you i'd be happy to. in the future like in the comments just let us know if you'd like like a part two to this conversation but on the wrapping up the the personal brand and you said it in there and I said it, and you said it. Lifting that word out might actually alleviate the anxiety and the pressure to create for agents, so that they can speak to their and community. to make it
1: about you all the time. Yeah, you're not that interesting. That you could be that interesting all the time.
0: <laughs> That's one that a lot of people will disagree with. Too, but what? But, but it. But, but it's, I know yeah. a
1: lot of people do disagree with me. But like, I've been very successful creating brands my whole life. Yeah, because I know this that like, what people are more interested. in You're interesting, but I'm more interested in me. Yeah. (laughs) And this is my point. Of course. Where you're making content about you, you, like Jason even said this on stage, don't make content that where you're not in the camera. Like I disagree with that. It shouldn't always be about you. Make it about me.
0: I just gave advice to somebody today. She's a, she's a great artist and she's like, I put up static images, but I got to start doing more video. I'm like, but people love your drawings. She's like, yeah, I know, but it's all about video. I said, wow. so so just video the drawing and do a voiceover. Oh my God, it. yeah. I said, and that's gonna take off because it's soothing and you can, you can basically tell the story on the voiceover while they're seeing the writing visually while and do it up close. It. And I said, that is gonna be so much different than anything anybody's doing and it's going to feed into this short-form content. I love that. And it's, it's really, really to work, yeah.
1: People are fascinated by how art is created. Yeah. And so, like, everything I'm saying is not meant to be negative or attack. We're all here trying to do a good job and, and, and help people. But when you ask most realtors, why would you get into this business? Very few of them s- say to get rich. Most people say, To help people. Yeah. And I would then go, why is that important? And the answer that they gave me, and is always a little different. And I'm like, that's the brand right there. What you just said to me is your worldview. That's your belief system. Build your company aura around that belief system. Because that's what people, because that, what you just said, that's important to people too. Like to get a good fair deal or whatever, whatever their belief system is. There are lots of people who have that same belief system, promote that, communicate that every time you create content, it should tie into that belief and that consistency of all your messaging and communication. That, that is what manifests, manifests brand Apple from the box to, to the software, to the hardware.
0: to the way the, uh, The wrap comes off the The
1: It's The whole thing, it's a consistent experience across. If you're just throwing content up with no rhyme or reason, how in the world can you build brand when brand is all about consistency and a through line? So can I make this offer? Yeah. Um, Most of your your agents don't need my services, might not even want to pay for my services, which is great because I want to just, if you have any questions, just email me. I answer everybody. There's no commitment to buy anything, to do anything. Very cool. But I don't like to set up this reality where i like, now I'm making you think, and I'm challenge your like you said what you've heard for ten years, and then leave you with like, now what do I do? Mm. You got a question? You want to show me something? I'm very. I'm at a stage in my life where like doing this and paying it forward it like means everything. So like that's that's our brand.
0: Very cool. Okay, cool. So we'll put we'll put actually the email in the show notes. And you should definitely connect with Thousand Watt everywhere they are online. We have a newsletter. It's It's a free newsletter
1: called The Dose. It's like a hit of cool stuff every week. And we have a membership program where you can join and get access to a ton of consumer data that we create that really informs you a lot more about your customer than you might know. Cause we're doing the surveys and the polls so i can give you all that
0: information yeah no i would definitely connect what an honor. And it's been it, it's been a pleasure and and, I, and uh in the comments if you want part two because i know i want it
1: well if you guys wanted uh well where are you located i oh, Florida.
0: well i'm in connecticut and florida i'm back and forth so we'll figure it out we'll figure it out and you're everywhere and you know well I'm you're, you're in portland somewhere. a lot but i mean yeah. well maybe i'll be there right. who knows bam bam